0: Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hardison. Today, we continue our Fantasy Files series with a look at Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, Michael Gallup, maybe even some Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz talk. We'll see. Dallas Cowboys 2021 passing game. Let's get after it. If you have been on Twitter at any time at all over the past few weeks, you've undoubtedly seen... One, two, three, maybe even four or five spectacular CD lamb highlight catches Mari Cooper nursing, a bit of an ankle injury. Apparently he actually has a vitamin D deficiency that causes him, you know, a little bit longer to heal. Jerry Jones has gone on record saying that he fully expects him to be back mid August, but Hey, Starting the training camp on the pup list. Never good, regardless of what the situation is. And it's something to worry about with Amari. Meanwhile, Michael Gallup also been making some plays at training camp. Had a pretty scary fall. I don't know if you guys saw the video, but basically... I think he caught the pass in the end zone and just, they had a fence really close to the back of the end zone and uh, he went flying over top it. So I think he missed the next day of practice, but he seems to be okay. And if we have all three of these receivers healthy, you know, I know we got PFF sending out the chase Boyd uh, Higgins graphic and Cincinnati saying, you know, who beats these guys. I do think Dallas Cowboys with all three healthy have a better receiver core in the Bengals. i won't say the best receiver core in the league i do think that honor goes to mike evans chris godwin and antonio brown i mean come on people like antonio brown would be the best receiver on a large majority of the nfl teams regardless of what you think about his personal decisions of in recent years and but either way we're talking about a very select list and Dak prescott luckily is the quarterback for one of these and Dak really was a straw that stirred the drink that was this explosive cowboys offense last year i mean look they scored 17 points against the Rams in week one only 17 because jalen ramsey decided to be i don't know soft for the first time in his nfl career late in that game dak throws a perfect bomb down the sideline gallop with the softest push off you've ever seen causes jalen ramsey again one of the most physical players we've seen play cornerback to flail uncontrollably to the ground credit to him for getting the call but you know just putting a little context behind that 17 point number anyway next four games 40 points 31 points 38 points and 37 points before dak was lost for his season. And Fantasyland, it was just a godsend for everyone involved. Dak was the Fantasy QB4, Zeke the RB3, Amari Cooper the wide receiver 8, CeeDee Lamb wide receiver 11, Michael Gallup wide receiver 33, and Dalton Schultz tight end 12. So we'll focus a little more on the wide receivers this time around. And it starts with Amari Cooper, who... I think kind of gets the Mike Williams, Sammy Watkins, you know, you're a top five pick in the draft. You're expecting to do big things. And even when you have been a very good NFL receiver, I almost feel like people still kind of underappreciate what Cooper has been able to do throughout his career. It wasn't bad in Oakland by any stretch of the imagination, you know, started his career at back to back thousand yard seasons, slipped a bit in his third and that led to the Raiders trading him to the Cowboys for a first round pick halfway through the 2018 season since Cooper has gotten to the Cowboys. And remember, people, the Dak Prescott being great, you know, conclusion wasn't always there. 2016, amazing offensive line, you know, an offense that was built to get Romo one last run uh, at at it all, had the O-line, had Zeke, had, you know, a not-quite-washed version of Des yet, Jason Witten still in the fold, Terrence Williams, Colby's, like, there were a lot of options on that 2016 offense. But 2017 came, and this offense took a deep step back, Zeke got suspended for six games. There was a long period of time where we were wondering, like can Dak operate without Zeke now in that six game stretch, The bigger issue was losing Tyron Smith and some of the offensive linemen. We didn't quite put that together as well as we showed up in hindsight. But then going to 2018, the first six, seven weeks when Dez was gone and they were trying to throw to like Michael Gallup as their number one, when he was just a rookie, it wasn't working out. And that's what led them to trade the Cooper. And it really helped bring out the best version of Dak that we now know today. So just realize people, since the Cowboys acquired, acquired Cooper, He's held up his end in the bargain. He has been anyone's idea of a great NFL receiver. 15th highest PFF receiving grade among 92 qualified receivers. 7th in receptions. 5th in receiving yards. Tied for 7th in receiving touchdowns. Tied for 37th yards per reception. Tied for 15th in yards per outrun. 14th percentage of catchable passes that were caught. I'm not saying Cooper's top five. He isn't. Maybe in route running. He's, his route running is absolutely absurd. Overall, though, we have still seen him be a little bit more boomer bust. But when he is on, people there's few people, there's few receivers as good as Amari Cooper. I mean, you just ask Yair freaking Alexander, like one of, if not the single best cornerback in the game, like people always kind of think that Yair and as someone that's written wide receiver, cornerback columns for every single week for the past, like three and a half, four years, everyone kind of expects Yair Alexander in these best, Cornerbacks to like really shut down the opponent's number one. Not always. And the Packers really haven't gone out of their way to use Jair Alexander in shadow coverage ever since he was absolutely eviscerated by Cooper in 2019. This wasn't the last straw. Jair still did it a little bit in the early parts of 2020. Lost Adam Thielen wasn't doing super great, and then was locking up his down, locking down his side of the field. I'm not here to tell you Jair Alexander is anything other than a great, excellent NFL cornerback. The fact of the matter is, though, Mari Cooper against him in Week Five, 2019, 11 catches, 226 yards, and a score on 14 targets made him look, you know, sheeshworthy all afternoon. And that's what Cooper can do at his best. When Cooper is on, he is capable of making. You know the NFL's very best cornerbacks look ordinary with his blend of deep speed, route running ability, even you know some sneaky goodness after the catch at times, as we saw in that one as well. So overall, 2019 he was the wide receiver 15 in PPR points per game, wide receiver 21 in 2020. And look, the Cowboys gave him 100 million reasons to continue to be their number one receiver for years ahead. So last year specifically there wasn't much of a deba- debate as to who's going to be the number one in this offense. Now we have it between lamb and Cooper, but people last year, only four players had at least 50 targets in weeks, one through five, Allen Robinson with 56, Mark Cooper, 53 Hopkins with 53 and Stefan Diggs with 50. So maybe lamb takes the leap forward. He's got the ability to, this is from our PFF draft file, uh, draft profile on lamb before he uh, even played it down in the NFL. When it comes to Lamb's efficiencies, there really, there's really only one that stands out, his speed. And it's not like he's completely uh, bereft of it. Rather, it's not up to par with all the other things Lamb does at an elite level. Hands, yards after the catch, route running, releases, all elite. He's the type of talent you'd be silly to pass on at the top of the draft, hoping to get a comparable receiver in the second round. It's just not going to happen. In 2020, We saw a lot of this. Lamb, he's not going to just simply run by, you know, a cornerback that can run a four three, who really can in, uh, you know, a lot of these situations. But the way the Cowboys used him was nothing short of great. He was almost always a slot first receiver, and he balled out. He led all first year receivers in receptions, yards, and touchdowns when lined up inside. In the yardage mark, eight hundred seventy seven receiving yards from the slot, most by a rookie inside since two thousand and six. So, look, CD Lamb. Usually in today's NFL, you know, your third best receiver is in the slot. Not always. I'll do respect to Cole Beasley and some of the more specific uh, slot receivers out there. But just realize like when you have someone like CD, who again, Saying his speed is an issue, like isn't it's almost like we're just picking like too small. It's like when Lamar Jackson does every single thing right; he's leading the NFL's you know highest scoring offense in the past two years. He's the best rushing quarterback ever. And instead, we just need to talk about like why can't he just you know throw quite as accurately as Patrick Mahomes when his feet are set in the middle of the pocket? When you're as good as Ceedee Lamb, when you're as good as Lamar Jackson, or any of these guys, people are going to pick a little bit at some of your you know small perceived issues. But as we've seen in training. Camp and last year, it's not like CD is lacking completely in the speed department or just the big play department. I mean, we can look at the training camp highlights, but why stop there? I mean, some of those catches he made last year, the Giants game before Dak got hurt, you know, you would see. Dak draw off the defense. He was getting really good at the hard count in the first five weeks of last year. He would draw off the defense and he'd almost immediately just zero in on CD Lamb down the middle of the field. And you know, at that point, he's taken that shot and just some of the catches they were able to make between safeties and stuff. I mean, you saw CD's catching ability, his toughness, everything with Dak under center. And even once Dalton got out there, people, I mean, we still saw that Eagles game. At the end of the season where we got CD returning onside kicks for touchdowns, taking jet sweeps for big plays, uh, you know, getting used a little more creatively out there. Everything he did was done at a high level. And the thing that surprised me was CD just looked pretty small out there last year. I'm not saying he's a small guy. I'm just saying he was freaking, you know— He's 22 years old right now. So when you're a 21 year old guy playing against the NFL competition at under 200 pounds, yeah, he looked a little small out there. And I think it, it was, you know, a little reminiscent of rookie year. Des Bryant in a way, Des was more explosive, bigger, more physical, but you, you saw flashes and you just saw the potential for this guy to put it all together in the future. And that's what we're relying on CD lamb. Again, the rookie year version was great. 74 catches, 935 yards five touchdowns, seven touchdowns, if you include rushing. And of course that Hansak kick return, can't forget about that for CD or AJ Brown. It's, it's, it might just be, you know, the first, uh, you know, the, the first onion that we're peeling back, uh, from CD here. He, He could be that good. He's got the draft capital that says, so he's got the, you know, just the prospect profile. And again, he has shown it on the NFL field. The question is, Will he get the sort of target share that his talents deserve because he and Cooper are not the only two great receivers in the offense. That's right. It's time to talk about Michael Gallup a little bit as well. I mean, over the past two years, he went for 1100 yards and six touchdowns last year, 843 yards and five touchdowns the whole time. He's looked pretty damn good blend of contested catch and yak ability. And he really deserves to be in the conversation of the league's best number three receivers. again, I'm not saying he is the single best one. We got guys like Antonio freaking Brown, Tyler Boyd out here, technically being wide receiver threes these days. But just the way they used Gallup last year and just his own talent, he is capable of still turning in high-end fantasy production, even as his passing games, number three. And that's because the Cowboys, specifically in those first five weeks last year's, really use Gallup in this fantasy-friendly field-stretching role. Now, Cooper was the pretty clear number one. In weeks one through five, Cooper had 53 targets, CeeDee Lamb had 39 targets, and Gallup only had 24. But in terms of air yards, and for those that don't know, just take targets times average target depth. That gives you your air yards. If you get targeted 40 yards downfield and don't catch it, you still get 40 air yards, zero receiving yards. In terms of air yards, Gallup had 423 air yards, CeeDee Lamb had 416, Cooper had 504, so Gallup actually landed. i, I you know, read a lot of articles this off season. back in like June or July. I did one on just what wide receivers are better in best ball. And Gallup was one of the prime top three options because last year, three top 12 finishes, including two after Prescott was lost for a season. But because of the nature of his role, you know, it, it, those are hard passes. It's why deep ball rate and pressure rate. And some of these things are less stable metrics from year to year. Same thing, you know, with some of these deeper receivers, because consistently throwing deep and outside the numbers is hard. So with Gallup, no, he's not going to have the same week to week consistency as Cooper or CD lamb, but luckily he's not being priced anywhere close to them. And that's what makes each of these wide receivers of value in fantasy land. My ranks for each Cooper is my PPR wide receiver. 11 CD Lamb my wide receiver 12 and Gallup, my wide receiver 41. Now I'll, I'll say this people, like I feel low on Gallup at 41 as well. He's someone that I've been happy to chase in that, you know, wide receiver three range. I guess the question for me is like, how far do we want to go with it? Because he is the pretty clear number three receiver in Dallas, huge upside if either one gets hurt, but do I want to put him you know, in front of LaVisca or DJ Chark, who figure to be the number two, if not number one receivers in their offense, we got Will Fuller, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, Curtis Samuel, Ayuk, Debo, AB, Waddle, Sutton, Robbie, like for Gallup I just can't put him ahead of many receivers that I think have a chance to be a number 2 in their offense and it's great the Cowboys have the ability to enable you know three fancy relevant receivers and I think Gallup's fine going where he's going it's just hard for me to rank him you know as a legit top 30 guy so you know the lamb over cooper talk I get it. It's not out of the, you know, it's not this big hot take people. I have them rank literally one spot apart. I have had them ranked that way the entire off season. So, you know, don't be going on Twitter and just saying, Oh, here's my, you know, here's my hot take for the day. Uh, CD lamb over Amari Cooper. It's not the craziest thing you can go out there and say, I would take Amari Cooper though. Again, Cowboys have a hundred million reasons to continue to pay this guy. And it just seems like the public, uh, you know, the public just image of CD lamb seems to be being swayed by him making like baller catches in training camp, which is Great, but we saw him make baller catches against NFL defenses last year, which is a lot more great to me. That catch he had against the Vikings, you know, falling, freaking contorting his body the way he did on that uh, fade in the end zone like absolute madness. So I don't think CD's shown anything in these training camp highlights that we didn't know he could do already. The issue is that when we had a sample of both of them on the field and CD was starting from the first snap of week one, you know, Cooper has been the guy that has been targeted more. Again, 14 more targets in five games. That's not insignificant. And I just don't know what we've really seen out of this offense to think that, okay, CD is now just going to be Dak's most targeted player. I don't think. Maybe CD's better than Cooper, but that's kind of saying a lot. Amari Cooper's awesome. We went over that. You'd be hard pressed to find a stat that doesn't paint him as at least a top fifteen real life receiver since he came to Dallas. I think the targets go Cooper's way. I think the real life talent. Even if you want to give the slight edge to CD Lamb, it's very close. Because of that, give me Amari Cooper by a hair. But your fancy team is going to be much better off with both guys on the squad and CD in particular anyone's idea of a top five dynasty receiver i've stayed strong with justin jefferson as my overall wide receiver one i would have to put aj brown as a wide receiver two but cd lamb as a dynasty wide receiver three i think really does have a strong argument for that so cd wide receiver 12 cooper wide receiver 11 Gallup wide receiver 41 i think you'll be happy with any of these guys on the squad um quickly on the tight end so it's interesting here i mean blake jarwin someone that I think we should be warming up to a little bit in the late round tight end range. I mean, don't go crazy. I have him as my tight end 22 right there with Austin Hooper, Mo Cox, a couple spots below Evan Ingram, even. So I'm not going out too far on a limb. I want to say though, people, I mean, you know, some of the plugged in Cowboys, specifically David Hellman, uh, you can find all his uh, always fantastic work at DallasCowboys.com. He's done some awesome stuff in the past uh, with the draft show and uh St- and with Dane Brugler and Brian Broadus, sorry, trying to look up what he was saying as I'm talking to you all. But basically in, let's see, May, when I put together my original fantasy football tight end tiers, I didn't have Blake Jarwin listed on it. And I didn't have Jarwin listed on it because, you know, he freaking tore his ACL last year, which is not ideal. Uh, but with that said, you know, looking at the situation going to next year, I'm not going to pretend like I know every single thing that's about to go on with the Cowboys and David certainly has a better, uh, you know, grasp for the situation than me. And David, basically my long intro to say, David said if the fancy community can, t- can continue to sleep on Jarwin, It'd be much appreciated. I asked, well, did, was Dalton Schultz good enough last year to maybe just, you know, keep Jarwin from having the full every down roll. David said, I just think Jarwin has a downfield element to his game that we didn't see from Schultz, although he did play well banking on anyone. This offense is risky with so many mouths to feed, but I'm still way, way high on his potential. And that's the thing with Darwin. He could be the starting clear cut tight end for this offense. And in that case, the way he plays the seam stretcher ability that he possesses. We don't need 110 targets for Blake Darwin to meet value. Honestly, if he gets 70, 75, he should be just fine inside of this sort of explosive offense. So we'll see. Jarman, not someone you need to draft in single, uh, you know, single tight end, non-tight end, premium, just typical redraft leagues. Really keep an eye on those snap rates because if we see, uh, you know, Hall Hall of Fame game is tonight. I'm recording this on August 5th. Probably not going to see the first team offense out there. I would highly doubt it. But if we start seeing the Cowboys' first team offense and Blake Jarman playing, you know, 12 of 13 snaps that Dak Prescott's out there in the preseason, that could be awfully interesting in a hurry. Because again, talented player. Everyone was on him last year, and this would be a nice post-hype opportunity to be able to buy him far closer to his floor than his ceiling. And people, I hope the one thing you can take away from this podcast is that fantasy football season is here. And we are now offering 25% off any PFF subscription to all first-time subscribers with promo code FLASH25 only until August 10th for just 7 50 get access to PFF's fantasy football draft guide player rankings and projections, all of PFF's locked article content, cheat sheets for your fantasy drafts, and more. Again, that's promo code FLASH25 or 25% off any PFF sub. Get access to all of PFF's fantasy tools for $7 and only 50 cents. Also, shout out to Manscaped. Support for PFF is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below the waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you off and free worldwide shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PFF, unlock your confidence, and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped want well, to thank you all for tuning in to pff fantasy pod as always new episodes every single day throughout the summer and into the season still got some things to figure out with a specific uh, guest host and all that in season but i think you're gonna like the uh, you know crop of episodes we got coming. sunday night game by game review as always monday we're gonna make it more of a white waiver wire centric show tuesday game by game breakdowns and these will probably be published the day after so excuse me for talking about the uh, recording date but wednesday we'll have a special guest on thursday we'll go over some dfs centric stuff friday wrap up the entries and sunday going to be debuting a new start sit hour probably at 11 a.m so you know I, I like to do the you know teach a man to fish don't give a man a fish and it'll keep him happier the rest of his life you know throughout the week i prefer to point you in the right directions but let's get some context to this shit you know let's try to talk about why this guy's a good play not just say he's my wide receiver eight in the rankings trust me and move on you know but with that said i understand at the end of the day we all just want to have our fancy uh you know rosters optimized as much as possible so with that we're going to try to be a little better when we get closer to sunday when it's sunday morning of you know just going through hey what are your final questions for the week let's see if we can't answer them so more on that obviously as we get closer to the year but i'm pumped Planning ahead, I want to keep trying to bring you all home your fantasy championship. So I'm Ian Harditz. And until next time, take care, everybody.